Hey everybody, this is uh, Kevin at Podcast for Me. Podcast for me, as well as a podcast for you. I'm your host, K-Dog, also known as Kevin, but let's go with K-Dog today. Uh, So I recorded uh, some car thoughts, and this is my intro that I'm recording. And uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about Snowden, Edward Snowden, and the review uh, of that. Him talking to Joe Rogan, greatest of all time podcasters, and uh, maybe some police brutality talk and so on and so forth. I was gonna do the news, but I was like, ah, fuck it. I wanted to get this off my chest before before I forget. So I was listening to people talk about the Joker and how they're they're. Hit. Some people are like, oh, this is my favorite villain, and da 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 da. Because he's crazy and everything like that. Every time there's a movie where there's a good portrayal of, say, the Joker, um, people just get hung up on that guy. You know, they're like, this is a great villain, things like that. I get the, I get the understanding of it. Well, I mean, maybe the, not the understanding, but the, uh, I could feel that, basically. I don't know how to put it into words. Here you got this guy, he's crazy and he just wants the whole world to burn, that kind of thing. That's usually what people uh, transcribe onto this character. And uh, sometimes, um, and like in the comic books or in the movies or in the cartoons, you have a semblance of that. Or maybe that's a bit of a meme. Like people, they just want the world to burn sometimes. And I could see that. I could see, I could see aspects of that within life. You know, here you are living your life. And some shit goes down. That's part of a system in place. And you can't really understand why the world's against you. And there's these like systems in place to to go against you. And then here you got this character who seems to go against the grain and just tears it all down, you know? Sometimes that's what I think people like certain heroes like Batman or whatever. Here you have a system that's corrupted and villains and the world itself and he tries to make chaos and order. And I think reality wise that's what people want sometimes. Sometimes they want chaos, sometimes they want order, a little bit of the two. And whenever there's a character out there that kind of does something of that nature, either bringing order to chaos or chaos to order, people really resonate with that. And that's why you have your Joker. And I think that's why Batman and Joker are very good um, opposite uh, ends of a coin, you know. Opposite sides of a coin, you know, the same coin. I think that really gets people. And um, you have your Batman movies and what have you. And, and people really resonate with those types of movies. And and then now we're starting to see more movies with Joker in it. Now he just mainstreamed his own movie and making a billion dollars and shit like that. And um, that's cool. That's a cool little. That's a cool villain. You know, I like Joker. I like Batman. You know, things like that. But there's other villain. I was, and it got me thinking. There's other villains out there. Like Joker's not the end all be all. You know, and neither is Batman. Um. But one villain I just wanted to bring up before I forgot was really cool. Like, he could have been cooler, but he was cool nonetheless, and it glossed over in the sands of time. And there's this movie that was made by the guy who made the Avengers movie, uh, Joss Whedon. He made Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he made Angel, 
Uh, he's a really good writer, I think, you know. You can kind of deconstruct who he is and who his personality is just by watching these uh, these movies and shows that he makes, you know. Uh, he always has strong women characters and uh, lots of sex, you know. I can't tell whether or not it's a, a deeper thing inside of him. I think his mother was a feminist, I heard. And so I bet that fucked him up in the head, him being a man. And so now he's kind of like under the guise of, you know, women power. He, he does these things where he makes women, uh, strong women characters do all sorts of stuff and also be sexy, you know. So I don't know where where that goes. But he makes this uh, show Firefly, which is a pretty cool show. Um, I recommend watching it. I'm not going to break that show down right now, but that show was short-lived because Fox wasn't, uh, the, the channel that was on wasn't big into sci-fi and they had to like churn out, you know, good ratings. And since the ratings weren't good at the time, I think they shut the show down, which the show is like beautiful. It could have went seven seasons, good world building. This is the show. If only it came out on the sci-fi channel first or the CW, it would have lasted forever. It just so happened to be, unfortunately, on Fox. And, um, so, somehow, he was able to finagle his way into another movie, uh, a, a movie that kind of ends that show, or it just starts a new beginning in its chapter, and it's called Serenity. Now, this is a roundabout way to get to this villain that I wanted to talk about, but, um, in this movie called Serenity, the... I guess the sequel to the show. There was a villain who is why, by far one of my favorite villains of all time. Greatest of all time. The GOAT. And the reason why is because here you had this guy um, who is highly intelligent. But not just intelligent for the sake of being intelligent. He was intelligent, uh, demonstrated through... Uh, he could resonate with the heroes. He felt compassion for them. The thing is, he was put in place to defend a perfect world. So in his head, he reasoned that, well, or either he was groomed or anything, but he was a great villain in the sense that he is going to do anything it takes to protect what he, an ideal of what, the perfect world is so there's like okay so you, so let me give you some background for people who don't know the show or or the of the world i'm talking about i guess earth um got shitty right and so everybody left earth and went to a group of planets and the inner part of the planets um turned into the new civilization like the new kind of earth and all these inner planets you know, you know created this uh a federation as it were and uh, they're all badass you know and then the outer planets they became all rough and tough you know you know really hard to live out there and supplies weren't you know readily available and so there was like this war between the two and they the the federation won and uh and and in that, they're, they're like the government, you know, and they, they take over and they do things because what they're doing is right. Well, this guy, his goal is to protect that. He was raised 
and given this power, this, uh, not power, but like, um, you know, uh, he's like above the government almost, you know, like he has this ranking that's like crazy high. And what he, his goal is to be, is to protect the secrets of that government. In in his head, he, he is like 100% a zealot. Like it, it's almost like a cult because he thinks that whatever they do is good. And he has to do the bad things to protect that good. So he's a crazy character and that's what makes him cool. He's played by this actor, um, I can't pronounce his name, and fuck, I, he was in Seven Years a Slave, this one black guy. I don't know his name. It's too long. It's too hard for me to remember. But he was a great actor in this respect. It was like the perfect combination of acting and good storytelling, you know? So if he had to kill children, he had to kill children. If he had to kill uh, planets, he would kill planets. Whatever it took to defend this world. And he understood he was evil for doing these things, but a necessary evil. He reasoned that... The things he has to do is so that they don't do it and they stay perfect. So while the while the Federation or the government stays good, he does the bad, you know? And like, it, it, I thought that was a crazy dynamic. He'll burn the entire universe to protect this place. Because this, this Federation, they're, they're doing good things. Because they're trying to build better worlds. And that's the whole plot of uh, Serenity. There's the, they're trying to make a perfect world without anger or anything like that. But whatever. And it gets fucked up. And the cool thing is about this character is he's self-aware. Now, I think that's the key. A character that's self-aware resonates really well with people, I think. Well, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But that's what's cool about the Joker and Batman. Those characters are self-aware. They know who they are. And what they need to do. Yes, they question themselves and stuff like Well, not the Joker. And not Batman. They don't question it. They're unyielding. They move forward. They know what they're doing. They may fall, but at least they know what they're doing. And that's what people like to gravitate towards. Someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> and that's what he is. This, this guy, um, a soldier, he's like a, a, a man who understands what he needs to do. Who he is in his role in life. And um, it, it, it's really cool because he does these evil things and everything like that. But he completely understands. He'll put down good guys just so he can protect his world or worlds or whatever. And he understands what he's doing is wrong, but for the greater good. And, and, that's, what, and that's the beauty of that character. Like, for instance, there's a part in the beginning of the movie where um, there's an escaped uh, science experiment. This lady, this girl... She's, like, super powerful and whatever, right? And um, she was busted out of that prison by her brother. And he's looking at this picture of the two of them. And, um, you know, he's looking at them. And, then, and the, the bad guy around him... I think, that's what I like about Joss Whedon, man. He really makes these characters that are real self-aware and around their environment, which is kind of weird. It's almost like they're breaking the fourth wall, but they're not. He, uh, the one of the main bad guys there, he goes like, he goes, he must have really like, was smart. He outsmarted us and da 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 da. And then the guy goes, you don't, you don't see it, do you? It's not intelligence or you know, like I, I can't remember the right verbiage, but it was basically classical bad guy talk where they say, oh, the bad, the good guy did this, this, and this. And he's like, it's not that, it's love. This dude loves his sister, and that's how he was able to defeat you. You know, like that's like classic. 
like that's why good guys are able to beat the bad guys and shit you know like it's not their will or it's not, it's not their intelligence or strength or power it's their love or you know like it's like some kind of a, a romantic thing he romanticizes these fucking guys and to do that you have to be compassionate but here you've got this guy who will murder babies in their wombs you know and he's compassionate now no, i'm not saying that he did do that but like the vibe of the character is like that because he goes and murders like villages of people you know because of the bat the good guys leave and he can't find them so he kills them all and, it, and then there's even a part where um he's talking to the good guy and um He's talking to the good guy, and the good guy's talking to him like he's a traditional bad guy who doesn't know he's bad. And he goes, and you're going to just live in that perfect world? Because he goes, why are you doing all this? He goes, I defend a world that you couldn't understand, a perfect world, and da 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 And he goes, and you want to live in that perfect world, the good guy says? And then <laughs> the big guy goes, he goes, what? I couldn't live there. I'm a monster that's what I am he's like straight out telling the guy look I'm a bad bad man what I do is bad I can't live in this perfect world why how could I you know and I thought that was pretty good uh, and that's the cool thing about that villain he not only is he evil and bad he knows it and he can understand when heroes do good things he's like oh I get why you're doing this and he doesn't try to like he doesn't try to insult the bad good guy. He admires these good guys. You know, that's what the thing is. He admires all these other people, but he's still going to fucking murder you. That is one of the perfect villains. The only thing, the only snide uh, slide I have against it is that, snide remark, <laughs> or slight, is like he is one of many, or maybe a few, because there's another guy in there that talks about uh, who he is he explains who this character is and that means that there's other characters like him I mean because of that it doesn't make him unique per se even though he's the only one there um, that you see um, and if it could just have been just him only like he's the only one if they could have somehow wrote it that way or explained that he is the only unique character like that because it's not like there's two jokers that'd just be dumb it's not like there's two Batmans even though there are like variations of that character it, it, it that's what makes them good is that they're unique and he felt unique in that sense but when when you say something like he's part of a structure that does that as well there's other guys that are like him or maybe they were i don't know maybe it's vague but just because there could be another of him doesn't make him unique and that is why he becomes like a second class character as opposed to number one like first class you know because he's the only one but if, I mean, like, anything other than that, man, he's one of the perfect villains, you know? He's, he's violent and cruel and he's intelligent and he can do all these things. He romanticizes the, the heroes that he fights. He understands that they're good. And he's kind of doing what he's doing for what he thinks is noble. He thinks he's doing a good thing by doing a real bad thing, you know? If I have to murder this planet so this perfect world can stay perfect... I'm going to do that, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what makes him great, you know. He's not trying he's not trying to burn the world down. He's in, in fact, he's trying to make a perfect world. He just has to do bad things. And there's a lot of characters within history that have done something to that extent, but nothing as much as Serenity. I mean, they they put that fucker front and center and um yeah.
And they had other interesting characters to eat for him to interact with. So, I mean, that was cool. And in the very end, he's so self-aware that he can actually understand when he does something wrong. Because at the very end, he finds out, spoiler for a movie that was in the 2000s, he, he, um, he sees what his perfect role is going to be. And um, he don't like it. <laughs> and he goes, the very thing he was doing was for for no for no reason he was he wasted his life and that and that just ushers a second um arc for that character but i, I do think though if it, it would be nice to have more characters like that like a villain of that nature but because you know you get your joker and you get your batman and shit like that it's gonna be a while before a villain like that gets actualized into a movie you know villains are really good characters onto themselves and to put them in movies you know it just really just adds flavor to it it's like a I don't know. I don't really know how to explain that. But, you know, the villain is a very important character. And so if you have a good, interesting villain, you have a great, you have a great movie all the time. Now, if you have an interesting good guy, that's 50-50. But nine times out of ten, if you have a 100% a perfect villain or a great villain, that movie's going to be good. You know, like The Usual Suspects isn't a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. But what really makes it good is the villain. Because at the very end, you know, you got Kevin Spacey, spoilers. It just really makes the movie. It just does. Same thing with Seven. Seven, well, another Kevin Spacey movie. Seven doesn't get good unless you have the, the villain in enacting his great uh, plot. Same thing with Hannibal. These villains, you know, you make good villains, you make good movies. Uh, you make good heroes, that's a 50-50. All right, let me get these car casts popped out. Car thoughts, motherfucking car thoughts, yeah. Hey, everybody. This is uh, another car thought I had. Uh, I listened to, recently, I listened to Joe Rogan speaking to uh, Edward Snowden. And I have to say, Joe Rogan, you know, he's awesome. You know, he's an awesome guy. I like him quite a bit. Uh, you know, uh, great philosopher, you know, bit of a comedian, you know, uh, practices what he preaches most times, I bet, and, uh, man, you know, he, he just became the greatest of all time, I would say, greatest interviewer of all time, I, uh, I mean, just damn, you know, so he spent three hours with this guy called Edward Snowden. That's a big fucking deal. Because he's like a political prisoner, but he's not a prisoner, but he is. He's a, he's a new kind of person that will be forever in history, you know. Well, as long as we have a history. Because, because there's a lot of people in our history that do great things, you know. And, um, and, and it's actually less now than it was before I guess I don't know when you look back at history it feels like more famous people were further back in time and then it's kind of crazy to be living in a time where you can actually understand um, who who is uh, who's going to be historic you know um, so Edward Snowden was a guy in uh, a tech guy who just so happened to be in the right place at the right time. Or maybe this was always happening and he just had to been in the right place. With a, uh, a set of uh, philosophies and ideas inside of him. 
or ideals. And um, I always get confused between those two words, ideal and idea. I think it's an ideal. <laughs> and um, basically had access to all this top secret nonsense and noticed a problem. He noticed that, you know, the government would collect data on uh, people and because it's such a new thing that you could do such a thing like before we would collect data by a person you know listening in on shit listening on person or tapping a phone line or something like that so laws were put in place because you know privacy and shit like that because how good guys work is they're not supposed to you know find the threat and then attack it usually they kind of just react to the threat and that's why it's a classic, you know, when you're watching a movie, you know, the good guy always is the one who's not looking for trouble, but the trouble finds him or her. And uh, we turned into a thing in which we looked for the trouble to take it out so it doesn't attack us. So we became proactive instead of reactive. And um, that can be debated. But um, America is supposed to be, we're the good guys. We're supposed to be like, we don't do the very things that other countries do to the citizens. So it, it's a big thing for, it's, I don't know, the freedom of people and what is best for people. So it's really a, just a, an attack on ideology. If the, the thought is this, if people thought this was a bad thing, um, then we wouldn't do it, right? The, the majority of people, right, of, of America. But because maybe we wouldn't understand it, I'm, I'm just thinking this is the ideology behind collecting people's secrets. Because the ideology would be, well, the American people won't understand it. We're doing it for their own good. That kind of thing. So they go in and uh, do things that are against the law. And one more step to that, the big thing here is because it's so convoluted and hard to understand, Maybe another generation will figure out what Edward Snowden had did, but it was, it's, it's a crazy fucking thing, right? Because you know, all we're doing is collecting data, metadata, and things like that, you know, basically everything you've ever done on the internet and uh, where you are, global positioning and things like that, and um, without warrants, without permission from other parts of the government. So the government, America kind of works off of checks and balances so there's no like one true power no real tyranny everyone's kind of checking each other and making sure they're not doing any bad and that that's a thing right we put systems in place for that for for all time so that the system you know doesn't matter what interchangeable parts the framework would protect itself and what happened was there was a great manipulation behind this so they're not allowed to do certain things, so they pass certain laws to allow them to do certain things. And he does explain it in his book, as well as a three-hour interview. And um, not, so Edward Snowden exposed the fact that they, what they were doing, surveilling the, the population, and that it was illegal. And then he, he let it be known that it was a thing in which they made laws they pass laws to make it legal, retrospect. And um, he then further goes to explain about how 
Um, when given fear, people kind of just give up uh, freedom, you know. And the, the thing is, most times, I guess that's a thing, but instead of like having a debate about it, hashing it out, they kind of just didn't. And um, he details this, and like it could get lost in the minutia because the government's pretty big. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. And I think it's supposed to be that way in the sense that everyone's supposed to be checking everybody, you know. You get too big, big, you know, some cog in the machine's going to be like, what the fuck? And he, that's who he was. He was the guy who was like, hey, look, he was just a contractor, meaning a guy who was civilian, uh, who got paid by the government to look at certain files you know, and create programs and such, and um, it just so happens he was in a part of the government that had really no oversight, really, like, no one's really watching what he's doing, he was just uh, there, you know, and um, he, you know, because he's young and he's bored, he started looking into things, you know, oh, well, I have access, might as well look around, and then he found the things out that we, the American people, did not know. And he was like, because he is a contractor, a civilian, one of the people, you know, outside of the loop of government and things, you know, that kind of, you know, he was kind of like, hey, man, this shit's crazy. Look at what you guys are doing. And he would let everyone know. And he kind of tried to do it in a strategic way because it was kind of well thought out. Didn't work out too well because in the news, it was like this fucking guy, he did this, this, and this. But it felt like the American people at the time when he did this, I think in 2013, um, or was it 2008? I got these two numbers fucked up in my head. Uh, when he did it at the time, you know, I, the general consensus was like, hey, wait, this shit ain't right. And uh, we knew that Snowden was a good guy. So what happened to Snowden was he, um, he, goes, to, he goes to Europe. And um, uh, Russia, more, more importantly, he goes to Russia to, to hide out. So he, he, what did he do? Seek a political asylum there, which is kind of weird. That's kind of confusing. But they never really made it like he's a Russian spy. Uh, they didn't really make anything. They said that he just stole secrets and stuff like that. And then it got muddled. You know, it really did get muddled. They made movies about him and shit like that. It really, instead of like highlighting what he did as a negative or anything like that it feels like the media kind of just ignored him and like he would just go away meanwhile the government did other things like they revoked his passport so he was just stuck in russia so he was a political asylum or a political person or what do they call it sanctuary and uh, when that was over because i think it was only for a little bit of time uh, he was just stuck in Russia because he doesn't have a, uh, for six years. Um, it's not, yeah, I guess it was 2013 that he did this. So there he is in Russia, an American citizen who doesn't have a passport to get back. And, uh, the government, man, is crazy. They're, they want to try this guy for, uh, stealing government secrets, which he kind of did, you know? But how was the knowledge of the government spying on its own people against the law and then changing laws to make this okay uh, gonna... How, how, would the, how would the American people be able to know that? You know what I mean? Like, the bad guy... That's a bad guy kind of thing to do. 
you know, like what I was speaking about earlier. It would they doing it for our own good, but they're not telling us. So therefore, how do we know? You know, I mean, if they if they had it hashed out in the government, and that's what the government does, they hash shit out. They're supposed to. And people don't like this kind of deadlock. They don't like it when the government argues and shit like that. But the reason they do that is for the rights of individuals. And you have a lot of ideology bouncing around. And yes, you have other interests jumping in there too. And the fear of it getting bogged down would impede on the uh, American people to vote for what they want, you know? And it's just a weird thing, the system versus the people. The people are supposed to, um, like, I don't know, create the system, not create the system, prolong the system, you know, kind of like feed it with people. And those people who are part of the system do the best they can with what they got. And um, when they start changing laws to make what they want to do possible, well, then all you're doing is you're not using the system. You're cheating it. Not only are you cheating it, that's not what our founding fathers want to happen. They did create such things as amendments and things like that to change like things in the future that they were like, hey, you know what, we can't predict the future, but there might be something that we don't see that needs to be changed. But once again, those are all votes and things like that, you know? And when people are voting with little information, you're kind of cheating the system. You're, you're taking a, a thing that was supposed to be virtuous and manipulating it for your own goals, you know, because you, you think it's better for the people. But because you didn't let the people decide, it, it you know, it, it, it's kind of sketch. I mean, I think the American people should know, and I think that we should have choices, because that's what freedom is, choices. No choices is not freedom. And then what do we protect the greater good of freedom? So, I mean, that's all it really was. It, I don't really think um, it's bad that the government was doing that, but they weren't really, like, doing it for... Um, it, it gets caught... What he did gets caught up in the minutia of America. Because if you think about it, all right, what were they trying to do? They were trying to spy and find terrorists. He, his argument is if, if you do that... If, giving the power to change laws to fit whatever narrative you want then you know that's the power that's too much power you're just no better than a tyrant you know all because you're doing good now doesn't mean it's good later next person could decide you know all black people need to die or all all white people need to die oh shit that, that we're moving towards that just change laws around you know with little information you know i have information that uh, some white people do racist things, you know, and so therefore because of that, on the basis of that information, we need to annihilate them. They're like, what about all this other stuff? Well, that's redacted. <laughs> that's a big thing, you know. Here, here, Here's a report on white people doing bad crimes and uh, what's all this black writing? It's redacted. You can't, you can't know this. Uh, okay, well, I mean, based on this information, I, I guess we have to vote for killing all white people I mean like you, you, you change they changed the laws literally so that they could spy on people the laws were you can't do this and then they could do it and then they changed the laws and they're like we have to do this because terrorists and uh, you know boom so I mean giving them that power to change laws 
to take away rights from American citizens because it's the right not to be spied on, uh, and you took that right away, what other rights can you take? And that's basically where it cracks down to. Now, if you're cool with the government controlling you like that, you know, they could take your rights away whenever, then, I mean, that's cool. But if you're not for it, then you're with Snowden. Snowden thinks that that's not cool. So he made a decision for himself. And I think it was a virtuous decision nonetheless. I mean, like, oh, wait, I think we should know this. I think the government shouldn't be able to, I don't know, change laws to meet whatever narrative is going today. You know, I mean, what's good now could be bad later, and what's bad now could be good later. You know, you don't know. But at least with uh, people hashing it out with all the information, at least you can make it more uh precise or concise uh, decision you know you can't make a decision like should I pay rent or should I uh, pay off you know pay for food and then you're like oh I'll choose rent and then uh, you missed your chance of paying for food no more food forever and you're like wait what <laughs> I didn't know that same thing here like we're like oh yeah you know we're trying to get terrorists oh okay uh, wait what you we just voted. What does this mean? You, you could spy on us now for whatever you want. And then it, it gets categorized. And then, like, what's, what's what's so bad about spying? Well, the thing is, they collect all your data. And then at any time, you know, something goes not the direction you want, they can use that data against you. Like, whatever whatever it is, you know, in, in any respect. Because you don't know. The entirety of who you are is collected and coalesced I mean they have right now AI where if you feed it 1,000 movies it can make its own script terrible granted but later on who knows what that what it could do it could create novels who knows I mean that's just now I can't imagine like 10 years from now giving your data what I want to destroy this person <laughs> how do I do it and then the context of all the data, who you are, it does that. I mean, these are all ethereal things. We don't know. We don't know the future. What we do know is that spying on people against their, you know, knowledge and freedom is fucked up. I mean, like, that's real. <laughs> that's why we don't have kings. The reason why is because one king could be good and one king could be bad. So therefore, we don't have kings. We created a system where it just attacks itself, you know, where there's checks and balances, where people look at each other on site and say, hey, you know what, this isn't, this isn't good, you know, and they have to fight it out, you know, so it's like a never-ending trinity of, um, of people checking each other out, making sure they're all right, as opposed to the one guy saying, I know what's best, you know, we did that for thousands of years, you know, but what does work is people backing each other up, you know, a tribe of three, you know, discussing matters and or one guy discussing matters and just making decisions. I mean, it just depends on how you think um, the rule of law should be or how a society should work. Should a society work off of one person telling everybody what to do or groups of people telling people what to do? Because they are all just gathering their, you know, more minds are better than one, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, Joe Rogan, he doesn't talk much in his three hours. He lets Snowden talk. And it was a very boring podcast, mind you. 
But this guy, you know, he's been caged up in Russia for like six years. And it's a weird thing. There's other people that are like that too. That, um, that are heroes. That, 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 that let other people know that the government is, you know, flawed sometimes. It is, has some bad eggs. And that's going to happen. I mean, and like, for people to not understand that is baffling. Because there's always a bad egg somewhere, you know. Everyone could be virtuous, but there could be always that one person who's shitty or two people. I mean, like, if you've ever worked anywhere, there's always that one bad egg, you know. And they're in a place of power. We're not talking about a shitty worker, and that happens quite a bit. But we're talking about the people that are in charge and, you know, are shitty. They're just trying to prolong whatever system's going on, or they're doing what they think is right, and it's wrong, you know. Like, for instance... When I was in the Navy, this is the Navy, right? Government. That's how government works, really. So we had, I was a training guy, you know. You would, so there's like little, you have your jobs, and one of your many jobs is training guy. Training guy means I, every week, have to test people and see, you know, if their knowledge is proficient. Keep them proficient in shit, you know, that kind of thing. And um, how, do you, how do you go about that? At the time, it was tests. So you would have 10 tests, 15 tests, whatever, throughout the quarter. And um, you had a group of people that you had to test out. And I created these tests and everything like that. And at first, I made these fucking things hard. Because I felt that, you know, you should know your shit. And I was hardcore about it. If I fucking know it, I'm dumb. You should know it. That's how I felt. And a lot of people failed the test. And I'm like, fuck, man. All right, cool. So the thought was the training needs to be... Uh, not as aggressive, not as hard. All right, cool. Next quarter, I made it a little bit easier. More people passed than failed. Too much, that is. And it was like, hey, look, the tests are too easy. It has to be um, hard. And I'm like, how do I gain the system here? Because if I make the test too hard, they won't pass, and it's a thing. And if it's too easy, it's a thing. But what am I doing? I thought I was testing to see how proficient people were, and I was trying to train them and things like that. I don't understand how my test has to be hard or easy. Shouldn't it be my job just to implement the test, and if they pass it, and then maybe corrections should be made, if anything. You know, like as in like, oh, what did you do? We did this to, to train them up, and they retest and they pass, or some shit like that. But no. We were stuck in this weird system that if you had too many failing, uh, too hard, too many passing, too easy. So, and like how to get that happy medium, you know? So I was like thinking to myself, like, I don't, I don't really think they care about them knowing the knowledge. I think they just give a shit about this metric that they, they've invented without even knowing it. It's like a weird system in place. And so because... The people are stuck in this kind of system and not really thinking for themselves. They, uh, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm like the government. So what I did was, I was like, you know, all right, fuck it. You know, if I if I make it too hard, fucking pass, and too easy, and I'm like, how in the fuck do I just make it? So I found the happy medium. If I failed two people, that we would always, it. That's it. <laughs> you just failed two people, just right. That was it. Out of like 10 people, you just fail two people or something like that. It was like, it was that kind of weird number. Like 80% had to pass. And then it was perfect. It's good. Keep on going. Uh, I was like, cool. 
So what I did instead of even giving people tests because you don't even have to, <laughs> I just I just I just said that yeah yeah yeah, eighty percent. I'm all like hey you guys took a test, uh, you failed you failed. And the guys like all right cool because really um, this is it, the work needed to get done. There was a lot of work to get done. You know we had to guard shit, fix shit, you know get new shit ready, and then here we are taking tests on shit that we don't even do. And uh, even that's pathetic. But whatever. So as long as, like, you know, I failed two people, we were good. And it would just be randomly. And, I mean, like, if granted, if anyone really wanted to take the test, they could have. You know? Because in the end, we were just all cheating in the end. So, I mean, like, just because we saw the ways in which we could get this one little thing out of the way so we could go back to working or sleeping, because that was a big thing. But man, do we want to sleep? Never got any. I mean, that's what we would do. And I could just see the government working in that way, where they're like, man, if we could just get this little thing out of the way, we could get a lot done. I mean, really, what are we here for? We're here to do this. So let's do this. This other shit, we don't really need to do. Now that could be slippery slope, you know, because, you know, first you're, you're just, you know, cheating on tests, and the next thing you know, you're replacing valves you shouldn't replace. I don't know. I'm putting parts in that aren't really supposed to go into a certain thing. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, like, it can spiral out of control once you start doing that uh, that thing, you know, that you just be doing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can see the government doing that because here you have this system in place and all this red tape and you just want to get the jobs done. And, um, so you do whatever you can to get that job not done. And it's not like it's killing anybody. You're really just collecting data. And it just so happens if it's Akbar Jihad guy, um, you got all his, um, data. And then you can use that to get global position, positioning and have a drone strike or two or something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can, I can see the futility that on both sides, that's the thing. Snowden says, hey man, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that because what else could you do? And, and he's right. I mean, fuck yeah. And I can see why they did it because they were trying to get a job done. We just got knocked down. You know, two towers went down. Fucking, we got, the Pentagon got attacked. Shit got real, you know? And so, and how do, how do we go about finding these fucking people? It's got a weird thing though. The people we're trying to find really aren't, uh, they're not like, cell phone type of people. We got attacked by a bunch of people who live in sand and shit. And they communicate with birds and <laughs> carriers. So it was really fucking hard to really track these fucking guys out down. They weren't using cell phones too much. They, they had an old school approach. And they were able to take us out. You know? They're fighting people from the future with uh, basic weapons and shit. And because we're like trying to be noble and everything it didn't work out too well because we got attacked. And I mean, that's what you get for being a good guy. The problem is, once we were, once we got attacked, we started doing bad things, then our image got a little tainted. And we knew about it, so we let that shit go down, and now everyone fucking hates America. I meaning, all Americans hate America. They don't know why, they can't understand it, but instinctually, they know that they're shitty. It's like if our tribe was no noble, we were awesome warriors, and then all of a sudden we just start doing shitty things left and right, and you're just like, fuck, I hate my tribe. <laughs> That's all we ever fucking do is attack other countries and ourselves. 
<laughs> we can't be good again, you know? Ah. But, I mean, that that makes him a hero, I think, because he went against the grain. Because the system that's going is what's been going for a long time. And people get caught up in their own feelings and thoughts and thinking, yeah, what I'm doing is right, you know, because it's for the best, the good of the country. And he went against the grain. He's not supposed to report these secrets and shit like that. So he went against the grain. So it comes down to it. What kind of grain are we going against? Are we going against the, hey, man, our system's getting out of control. We got to check some balances. Or the government, hey, we're doing this to protect you. And he shouldn't share secrets. So, I mean, in usually the government wins in these matters because they're bigger. They're bigger, badder, stronger, harder, faster whatever and Snowden's just one man so good thing he's in Russia so this interview was pretty good learned a lot about what Snowden I knew of Snowden I knew he just ratted out the government on us them spying on us my counter to that was always like at least Facebook does it and uh, Amazon does it all these other fucking uh, computer programs not programs but these companies do it why is it that we get shitty when the government does it you know and it's true. What I'm saying is right, too. You know, and then you could say that it's because we did the uh, terms and uh, accept the terms and conditions of the contract of getting these things. But really, who reads those things? Nobody does. And, um, yeah, so that's just the way it is. You know, we're, we, we sign our rights away. And um, what they should do is let Snowden pass. He lets something be known. And, they, and they're caught up in this whole rhythm of, I think, you know, they should just like it's equivalence two wrongs and then just cancel each other out because he's not supposed to spy because say all right he was he did the very fucking thing that they did if you think about it he he's he collected data from from the government and shared it you know with the american people top secret shit that's against law you can't do that but he did it for noble causes to protect the american people because he thought that was right but the government they they're breaking laws too, but they were doing what they thought was for the American people. So it's kind of a hey, he did something bad, they did something bad. So they should just let that shit go. You know, it shouldn't be like oh, I fucking I find what you did way worse. You know, because anyone could then steal secrets thinking that they did a good thing. That that the point? Maybe you should let the people um, decide that. You know, maybe the American people should be the ones who decide the fate of Edward Snowden, not the government. The government is American people, but they're part of a system. You know, this should be to a vote. Uh, it's fucked up, though. I never really thought of it like that, where um, he did the very thing they did. <laughs> so, I mean, who's right? You know, uh, that's a good question. What do you guys think? Who who's right? Edward Snowden, right? He he took secrets, fucking passing around to say, hey, look, they're fucking spying on us. It's not supposed to do that. But he's doing it for our own good. But they are collecting data to try to protect us from terrorists. And, bo and both instances can go south. Another guy could think he's stealing secrets, giving it to Russia, thinking this is a good idea because American people have gone too far. And then Russia takes over with all their secrets and whatever the fuck. Or the government. The government collects data and then they decide with this data they can just destroy civilizations. Huh. In one instance, one destroys America. In the other instance, you could destroy 
America. So they could both destroy America. I think, yeah, I think they should, should cancel each other out. I don't know, because you give a precedent for doing this again. That's why they can't let that go. That's a tough decision, man. American people, they were doing something illegal. Again, I don't know. What do you guys think? That's crazy. Hit me back on podcastforme at gmail.com or my Twitter at podcastforme, Facebook. What do you guys think? See if I can chew on this more. There was a um, Joe. Joe really didn't talk much in this podcast. For three hours, he barely said anything. But he did ask one good question, and it it was good rebuttal. He said, "Hey, what? Um, so um, uh, Snowden gets on this tangent about um, about like okay, so when they they knew about the planes hitting other other parts of the country, they knew it was a threat, but they didn't know what, what was going to get hit." And um, because it's intelligence gathering, so the intelligence community kind of knew something was going to go down, but they kind of didn't know the the full ram. They didn't know the full what whatever. What the fuck, man? Traffic is killing me today. Forty two. I was trying to get to work early too. Ah, shit, man. Every fucking Thursday, man. I'm trying to get there early. Something comes in my way. Comes in my way. So um, what was I saying? Yeah. So fucking. He goes to what am I? What was I on? Oh yeah. So the intelligence community was like, they knew some shit was going on. First thing they fucking do, get the fuck out of Dodge. They're like, get out of those buildings. They protect their own, not the people. Their own. And that was he took umbrage with that. That's a, he says this because he's trying to explain how he came to the conclusion that the American people needed to know what the government was doing. He perceived something stupid and I can see that dude I, I do that in my day to day life I, I see things and I'm like this is fucked up and then you just see it ah, see I fucking called this shit 20 years ago or some shit like that and um, he's noticed that the intelligence community with intelligence the first thing they do is try to get the fuck out they, they, they go towards fear you know fear for themselves opposed to the people and then Joe countered with well wouldn't you want to leave these buildings if if the if the um, if bombs were coming or whatever, or planes were coming, you don't know. You you would want to leave, right? And he goes, Yeah, I understand that, you know. But so does people at Denny's and things like that. They want to leave too. The only difference between Denny's and the intelligence, he didn't articulate it as well as I am, but I got the point. Now I'll I'll, I'll, I'll articulate it for you guys. He he's basically saying, Denny's, they can they want to leave too. They don't want to die or Burger King. They don't want to die. People working at the discount tires, they don't want to die, you know? You don't you don't know where the bombs are coming, so you're just going to let your own people know. The only difference between Denny's, discount tires, and all these other fucking places and the intelligence community is they signed on to gather intelligence against enemies foreign and domestic, you know? I mean, like, they're part of a group of people to protect American people, not them, the American people. Yeah, they are American people. But they signed on to protect the people, you know. So you're the protectors. Protectors are supposed to protect, not run away. And so his thoughts were they should have all been trying to gather intelligence on working together to gather intelligence to see where the threat was. And he goes, anyone, I mean, any minute job in the government or gathering intelligence could have figured something out that although small could create a bigger thing. Like, for instance, he, he gave an example. It's a pretty good one. It was, um, what was it? It was, um, some 
person in the financial intel gathering gathering district could gather intel on who's purchasing coupons or who's purchasing tickets on planes uh, that are maybe um, person of interest or you know things like that you know like the smallest fucking grain of sand and I thought oh yeah yeah I guess so they should have all stayed in those buildings to try to figure out who the fuck it is to protect the people who don't have a clue because the guy at Denny's isn't gathering intelligence he didn't sign on for anything he doesn't know what he does know is that when he votes and puts tax money it goes to a government out there for his best interest it's not in the best interest for people to run away from their posts you know like what the fuck are we gonna do if you start shooting at um, military and the military aren't fighting back they're running away you know, or police. Instead of actually stopping a crime, they're not stopping a crime. They're just uh, running for their lives. And this all happens. Doesn't make it right. Makes it wrong. And that's what he noticed. And I thought that was pretty good. That was a good rebuttal. Usually, when Joe says something uh, to that effect, uh, people get stammered. And Snowden, without fucking flaw, was not stammered. How to answer for that? And was ready to go. And um, that, that does say something to his character. I mean, it because, okay, when they're talking, when Joe, Joe Rogan is talking to a guy in Russia, they're not really in Russia, and they're not together. They're doing this thing via Internet. And at the time of 2019 when this happened, October 23rd, um, you, the Internet isn't the best still. I mean, there's still, like, interruptions, service interruptions. So when Joe is talking to this guy on the Internet... I mean, there's there's a bit of a delay in in the way in the way they're talking, which is kind of weird, but there is a delay, and so he's getting there. He gets the question, and then answers the question immediately in the sense that, I mean, he didn't even think about it. I mean, he <laughs> even with the fucking delay, he got the question and then answered it right away. He was just ready to go. And he goes, "This is the." And it was his belief. His belief was as such. You know, he goes, yeah, the government's kind of weird. It does this, this, and this. And, they, and, he, and he's talking about his example. He gave examples. And then when you get um, countered with your examples, he came back. And that's pretty good. Most people don't have examples of their beliefs. They just kind of just believe. He believes that the government is just people who just give in to fear. You know, they're just normal people. But they're in a place of power. So we they should have be held accountable for, for what they do and um, that's one of the many things that he noticed and it's a big deal because he made a lot of fucking money doing this shit you know when you have top secret clearance and all you gotta do is collect a paycheck I mean he really gave up quite a bit that does say a lot to who he is I mean he, he could have been in Hawaii chilling out I mean maybe this is just a narrative he's painting but it makes a kind of sense I mean I could see an intelligence guy Who's in a position of like, like, you know, like for instance, my job's pretty tight. You know, I just X-ray people. I do medical assistant things. You know, I, I, um, I do prior auth. But like, really, there's no real oversight. It's not like my job changes. It's pretty static. You know, like people come in, you X-ray. The only thing different is maybe, maybe the patient pisses himself or some shit like that. And yeah, it's really not that bad for me personally. And um, if I made a hundred grand a year or something like that, or a thousand million dollars or whatever I made a lot of money doing this job it'd be pretty sweet I would not give that up and if I saw something like oh shit that's fucked up 
but it might fuck up my my, my position here. I, I would, you know, I, I, it'd be kind of hard to give that up. I don't, I don't know if I'm that kind of hero to give up my life because my life is pretty uh, sweet when it comes to this job. You know, I mean, like it, <laughs> it's pretty easy. You know, I excel at it, and um, I'm not really. I'm just, I'm just a tourist. I'm just working there, nine to five, and I'm back home. You know, and I'm doing all these other things I want to do. You know, other people they got a fucking pull cable. I used to be a mechanic. It sucked. You know, for ten years of fucking hard, grueling labor. But now I'm just pressing a button, bandaging somebody. We got this paperwork we gotta do. It's pretty easy for me. I mean, it's not like I'm looking at a schematic or anything, trying to figure out what part needs to go where. I just need to. I just I already know what I need to do, and I do it. And, uh, and if I made, the only difference is I don't make that much money. But if I made a lot of money, like he said he did, I could see why giving that up would be very hard, you know. And then he did that. And uh, by giving that up, that, that just shows you who he is. I mean, that's, fuck, for real, man. I mean, like, what, the, what a sacrifice that was to just tell people, hey, your government's fucking spying on you. I wonder if he even knew it was going to go that direction. Probably. He made me thought it might. And then now he's just got to go full bore. Like, he's like, fuck, I didn't think it'd go this bad. I don't know. That's, uh, I mean, he may, he may not know it. He may, he may not understand. Like, you know how you think to yourself, you know, you're shitty, but you're actually doing good things. But you just think you're shitty. Well, I bet he thinks he's shitty. Yeah, but he did a good thing. I mean, he thought... He did something that he thought was right. I mean, and he wasn't backed by no one. You know, the government—you have a government. People kind of fall in line when you're when you're working for a system, and everyone has like-minded thoughts. He had there's no like-minded thoughts with this guy. They, they, he was all alone, and he pulled the trigger on something that really fucked his life up. And that's why he's going to be the greatest man, or not greatest man. Or he's going to be a great man in our time, where one man can make a difference. I mean, I don't know if he did make a difference, but I mean, at least we're talking about it. And Joe Rogan got to interview him. That's why he's the greatest of all time when it comes to podcasters or philosophers. His his uh, influence was able to extend towards Elon Musk, uh, fucking the great Twitter god, Jack something or other. Now he's got Edward Snowden, another hero of our time. I mean, like, name another fucking hero. Can't think of anything really off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure if Nelson Mandela was alive, you'd probably talk to him. You know, I mean, there's not that many great men in our time. It just isn't. I talked to Andrew Yang though. I think he'd be cool. Will he become president? Nah, I don't. I don't see that happening. This is what's gonna happen, guys. I'm gonna say this shit one more time. Elizabeth Warren's gonna fuck a bunch of people over, or Democratic Party's gonna fuck themselves. We're putting Elizabeth Warren going against Trump. Trump's going to fucking destroy her and become president for another fucking four years. That's what's going to happen. And that is just the way it is. All right, guys. Well, that, I mean, the podcast was pretty good. You can give it a listen if it still exists in your time. And um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's good in the sense of information. But, I mean, if they made a couple movies that kind of tell his story, I, I'd watch that. The podcast itself wasn't that great because he's just droning on and it's just information he's not really good at speaking you know it's funny too because that's his that's one thing he gets paid off of he, he, he speaks to colleges and shit like that 
and um, it's boring. It's boring. It really was. I, I mean, like straight off and thought a couple times because it was just him talking. It wasn't a conversation. It was just him droning on, and um, like Joe. Joe is kind of omnipresent. Like I maybe it's because he meditates or some shit like that. But he's in the moment. So he understands who this guy is and what he means. So he gave him the space to talk, and that, I mean, to, to Joe's credit, I mean, that's fucking crazy. I mean, most people would try to, like, hammer him down. But, I mean, there's also the the uh, issue of um, the delay, them talking to each other, delay. So it was like, if he asked a question, it was fucking tense because, you know, it, 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 you don't want to mess up, you know. This is the last time he could, the first and last time he could do this with Snowden, probably. Like, you don't know because you don't know the future you just like hey man his his line could get cut this guy could go to get arrested all sorts of bad shit could happen with this guy so every fucking moment with this dude was precious so he just gave him the space you know because you don't know Snowden could get fucking arrested or killed by some Russian dude or or because you know because he's an American citizen and a Russian government you know the Russian government could just decide you know what fuck this guy Let's torture him for information or some shit like that. I mean, I don't know why they have it. I mean, there's a lot of little questions here and there. But, I mean, damn, dude. And he just let him talk. And that's kind of boring, actually. But, I mean, it's an amazing thing, nonetheless. I mean, I'm talking about it. All right, man. That's it. That's all I got for you. Car thoughts. Motherfucking car thoughts. Yeah. Hey, everybody. That's some car thoughts. Thoughts in my car and car in my thoughts. Because you can hear literally my fucked up car driving expeditiously. Hopefully I have enough gas. I, I think I maybe I do. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, so I just wanted to talk about the 2020 debates. The, the presidential debates of the fourth Democratic party debates. I don't know what to call it, really. They had three. This is the fourth one. And in this debate, they had a shit ton of fucking people. You know, you had um, Elizabeth Warren, who's gonna win this whole fucking thing. Just for, as in, um, the Democratic uh, nominee. Because that's what the Democrats do. They just fucking pick the most popular person, they think, and uh, go with that. Not listening to actual people, just kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go with this person. I don't, I don't know why, but they're gonna pick Elizabeth Warren, and that's a bad move. That, yeah, oof, yeah. Anyways, so how's the debate worked? They had a bunch of people, I think twelve, and um, they got like thirty seconds to a minute to answer a fucking question, each one of them. And these aren't real well done. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's done for. Um, what is it? Uh, popularity. Well, not even popularity. For ratings. It feels like it's a ratings thing. Really what they should do is have them debate each other like one-on-one every day. I mean, in a world where you have 24 hours of content streaming non-stop, there is a world where they could debate each other, you know, on certain issues. Like a tournament style or anything, really. Just so you can get the real heart of what they want because in reality they all want the same kinds of things because they're on the same party if you're a democrat you're all wanting the same kind of things because that's your ideology that's a democratic party republican same same as such um it's just how you would 
how you would go towards those goals, right? And um, or what's more important or whatever, right? And see who's more confident. That's what that's what you're hoping for. Um, and who can grab the intention of the people, like uh, and, and you know that kind of shit. You know, it's basically peacocking for the for the for the mob. Because really, I mean, it feels like the Democratic Party is just a mob type of people. Yeah, Republicans are too. They are there as well, but they're not really represented in the mainstream media as much as Democrats. So they're, they're only they're only the source I could pull from, you know, like as in like the Republicans, they got their little mob mentality too, but they have a different outlook that kind of resonates with me in the sense that they talk about having conversations versus, you know, just yelling at you. And you could probably have a conversation with them, but they they have they too have ideologies that is kind of wrong but because they, they intellectualize it they can make you can make any argument sound intelligent really and that's what they do but their main thing is let's have a conversation and that's a big deal the democrats aren't such like that they are not intellectual they just kind of shout at you and um i just kind of they pick a thing that sounds good and rather than really articulate it or anything like that, they kind of just shout shit like guns are bad. Ah, uh, you know, they can use big words and everything like that, but they just kind of like pick the easiest reason why something is happening rather than approaching it in a way where more nuance because the world is not a simple place. I mean, if you're a human being and you lived your life, life is pretty complicated. And with that being said, all the people complicate the world. The world itself is complicated. The universe is complicated. So when you when you try to tackle an issue that's ethereal, like why is a thing happening, and you just try to point to something simplistically, it's obviously this. That's wrong. Anytime you do that, look at your life and see how complicated it is, and is it really as easy as it's obviously this? Or are there other factors? Maybe there's a, a big, maybe 80%, and then the rest is some kind of a thing, you know, something else that kind of uh, adds to it. Like, a, think of it as a um, a medication, like, I don't know, lisinopril or bupropion or something like that, and you have additives. Now, you have the main ingredient in there, that chemical ingredient that gives you the thing, the effect that you want, and then you have the other things, the additives, to create said thing and now the additives of that can change the main thing tremendously to the point where the effect isn't the desired effect you know and I think that our society is as such there's a big thing but there's additives to it that really change the entire scope of it and that's why it's fucking stupid when they come up on the stage and they're like and this is why we have to do it or this is why we have to do it you know they have to talk in this kind of weird way of talking and we need to get together like they're coming most of the time i don't know so I want to talk about my key points in this uh, whole debate. People get kind of caught in the minutia of the fucking things that they talk about. For instance, we got Trump's impeachment. You know, like uh, they're trying to impeach his ass just cleverly right near election season. It's like instead of trying to defeat him with ideas 
or charisma or personality, which is kind of the same thing. They are trying to just ruin his public image even more or create doubt. You know, much like they did with Hillary Clinton, they're creating a, a set, a, a kind of doubt where you're kind of thinking, oh man, I can't trust this guy, so therefore I'm not going to vote for him. The thing is, though, the people, this is why I hate the Democratic Party, or if there's some kind of, um, I don't know, power behind the two parties, because that's what it always feels like, right? But, I mean, I, maybe this is just human evolution. We just kind of evolved in a way where you have right versus left, you know, some, to make it easier, even though they're not really, you know, full right and full left. They're just kind of, you know, claiming, you know? So, give me that. That's the thing I spit out. So, um, what am I saying? What, where's my tone train of thought? You got your right versus left. What the fuck was I talking about? Trump. New, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So what created, uh, what, what created a Trump was he was going against the system and there was doubt with, for Hillary. And the thinking behind that, if you're a strategic strategic person, and I think that's what it really is. is there's people that are in politics that are strategists. And they, they see they see the, the, the things that happened that got people elected, and they just say, oh, it's obviously this. And then they push that narrative with the media and within debates and everything. Right? So they, they analyzed... They had to have analyzed, this is just a theory of mine, I think these po political strategists analyzed how Trump became president. So they, they saw the main thing that they think, they think it's social media and how the how Hillary, uh, with the whole email thing, created unrest and distrust with her. So therefore, people that would have voted for Hillary didn't vote for Hillary as much. Another aspect of this is Trump being who he is. He was like against the system, against the grain, talking shit. Never before have you ever seen something like this. So he, he enticed the people who didn't vote before as well as, oh, naturally you're going to get the Republicans. But he, he enticed a lot of those people. Now those people who voted for him are now emboldened to vote for him like the he see the thing is they they think it's a, a thing in which it's uh just distrust so they created this political strategy of talking about impeachment things like that and they think that'll cause a distrust in people to not vote for him but the thing is they're not looking at the additives of the situation they're not seeing it for what it is it's yeah you could create distrust for trump maybe for other democrats but the people who fucking voted for Trump are really, it's almost like a religious thing. They're not going back. You could literally say, hey, you know, Scientology is a fake religion and there's no such thing as Lord Zeno and uh, we don't come from a volcano. Sorry, guy. You can say it all you want, but they're going to still believe in that shit. You can say, is it weird that God told Abraham to kill his son and then when he goes to do it, he stops him? Just to prove that, see, as long as you do what I say, you're all good. That's sadistic, right? But you point that theory out, but then a religious person will then, I don't know, intellectualize it in a way where 
it's good. It's good that God made me try to kill my own kid and then stopped my hand right before I did it. Because he's way better than you. I get that. I mean, like, if you can't see that, I don't have any hope for you. Some people think the earth is flat. You could point to all these fucking sources that would say, hey, it's not. You have cell phones. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna look for ways in which that's wrong. So the people voting for Trump are usually the Republicans, duh. And then the people who he won over. Those people are religious zealots. They are going to vote for him again. And if you say, oh, yeah, you can't trust this motherfucker, they're going to rationalize it like, ah, you know, these fucking politicians, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and impeachment. They're just trying to get them out of there and blah, 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 blah. They're just going to intellectualize it why they should be, why this is bullshit. So they're just wasting their fucking time. Really, if you, <laughs> honestly, I mean, if you just analyze the very fucking thing that he has going on, any kind of actual idea, and you, and you didn't come at it from a disingenuous uh, position, like, obviously, we're gonna, we're gonna attack his character and this and that, just because we're gonna get more votes. See, the problem with that is, you're disingenuous. You're trying to attack his character when you're shitty yourself. It's kind of hard to call someone a thief if you're stealing, you know? It's kind of hard to call someone um, disrespectful as you're de being disrespectful. You know, you got to be the example, not the uh, exception. And that's the problem. When you're attacking Trump's character with, you know, your bad character, it, it, the other side's going to see that and then just, you know, be more empowered. But if you're in a respectful way, and you want to show how he's disrespectful, you can win this. If you want to destroy his ideas and have better ideas, you can destroy that. But if you have bad ideas and you're trying to destroy his bad idea, it's kind of contradictory. And people see through that. They don't know that they see through it. They just instinctually do that. And that's how people are. They, a lot of people don't have the insight of looking within and saying, why do I feel this way? If they did, we wouldn't have the troubles that we did. Most people kind of just react to shit, you know? And they react to something that hits their core. They don't like people, I don't know, being shitty and saying that this person's shitty. You know, it just doesn't work. So, here you got the debates. I'm sorry I, I droned on about this, but I, I had to, like, throw that out. Why this is stupid. So, Elizabeth Warren says, but she doesn't even really argue with anybody in this case because she has this shit in the bag. So she's just laying back and letting people act fools of themselves, you know, trying to go after her. And she's just like, oh, okay, I'm still going to win this because none of you are better than me. Because she's kind of right if she's thinking that way in the, spe in the respect of the Democratic Party is going to do what they're going to do. It doesn't matter what the other people are doing. Like, you could say, oh, man, this guy's really good. And you could be right, but it doesn't matter. Democratic Party is like an ethereal being that's going to just do what it's going to do, you know? They're going to they're gonna go for the most popular candidate, and as of now, it's Elizabeth Warren. There's no way anyone else is going to be on the front runner of this shit. Just like when Bernie, if Bernie had been put to the front and center, and rather than being screwed by his own party, he would have won. But no... They need a woman. They need all this. All they, The political strategists, they really have the voice. I don't even think people's Democratic vote works. I don't. I, di I just think that it's some kind of a thing like, oh, yeah, everyone voted this direction. We're still going to put 
this person because they have a better chance because we know better and that that's how i see it maybe i'm wrong i don't know but that's what it felt like you know because bernie really did have a chance i really do think he could have beat him because he's old <laughs> no no but like i mean i really do think he could have won he was kind of untouchable because his his message really is the same it's like he drones on like an old man over and over and over about the same fucking thing and um he, he could have had a good four years in him you know obviously because he's alive but um yeah man just He's, he's not going to be at this time. He's just too old. People aren't going to vote for him. Biden's an idiot. And then you got uh, Warren. I mean, she's the only one who's capable. She has the majority of the Democrats. Everyone else is kind of siphoning off of it. You got a billionaire here, a mayor here, a bunch of other random... Beto's an idiot. No one's going to fucking vote for that guy. That guy's a, a buffoon, you know? But um, you, got, uh, you got your um, you got your gang. I like him. I wish I wish it would be Yang or Tulsi Gabbard. I could see her, but she's too young, I think. And I just think that the Democratic Party won't put her front and center. And she is she she kind of um she kind of I don't know goes against the grain on her own party, you know. And Yang, he, although he's making some sense, he's Asian. We're just I don't know racist against Asian people unless we're trying to. I don't know, promote a cause on how virtuous we are. How dare you make fun of Asian people as you get, as you become racist towards them, you know? And what do I mean by that? Harvard will defend Asian people as long as they seem good, but will they put them in their colleges? No, because they got too many Asians. <laughs> They're like, fuck these people. We need other uh, races, but they're scoring better. Nah, fuck them. But if you were to, uh, you know, show how virtuous they are, they're like, hey, man, you can't make fun of race, Asians. That's fucked up. That's the only way, like, Asians in, a, in America really get respect, really, is either excelling at something but or being used to uh, for some political gain or some virtual signaling how, how awesome I am. I'm virtuous because I defend Asian people. Do you donate to anything that they do? Do you want to vote them into the Oscars? Anything. No, no. Exactly. But anyways, yeah. I don't think Andrew Yang's going to ever be president. I think it's going to be Warren. Well, no, she's not going to be president. She's going to lose, of course. Because she's trying to do more of the same that Hillary did. I had to get some gas so that broke my train of thought. Because car thoughts needs to be fueled by the fires of my desires. Ooh, that rhymes. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying when I said it. But also fueled like gas. It kind of needs gas, you know. Cars. Car needs fucking gas. And, you know, I provide the thoughts. So, henceforth, car thoughts. Anyways... Yeah, they're going to go for Elizabeth Warren. That shit's going to go down, and that's the way it is. So in the debates, all she did was just propose the same shit she always does. You know, guns are bad. Uh, healthcare for everybody. Bullshit like that. College debt, incentives, all that bullshit. That just kind of, I don't know, strengthens the government in, in stupid ways and um, creates nothing. Really, it just doesn't. You can, they're going to create a sense of, yeah, we did all these things and the world will be the same because they aren't really trying to fix any problems. They're just trying to, I don't know, put band-aids on and shit like that. And it's just going to, and then the people are just going to fucking just be the same. You know, you're, you're talking about what people need more money. That's been forever. Everyone's need money, you know, 
that's the problem there you know having people striving for more money isn't what you should have your life as you should strive to live the life that you can as best you can you want people to have better quality jobs you gotta have to make better quality jobs you want people to work in other and like the thing is people can work in other jobs it's just that you create these these limits well you got to go to college you got to do this you got to get the certification you need your job themselves need to pay more money just to hire these employees they can't flourish because they have all these regulations on them from the government you know really if you really really want like a booming economy you got to stop restricting hmm Mm. You know, what am I doing? I'm trying to spit something out. It's like in the back of my throat. I can't get it out. All right. So you want to stop restricting these these uh, companies, you know, and then let them just kind of hire. The problem is, like, they're also fucked up, too. <laughs> they, if they, they take an issue, they take a mile. So it's kind of a hard thing to do. Maybe you could regulate it. I don't know. You need smarter people than that who are trying to be president. I don't know. I think Andrew Yang is really, because he's kind of an economist. Like, I think he can figure it out. I don't know. He's like a smarter Trump. See, Trump got to where he was because he had other people, you know, helping him. And he came from a rich family. Yang worked his ass off and got to where he is, you know. I mean, he, he is quite intelligent. I mean, he's intelligent and he worked to where he got, to where he's at, you know. It In this country, if one can succeed, succeed, succeed. But if you're already doing well, you you could succeed even better, or if not the same. But it's hard to fail, you know. Uh, what was that? What am I even getting at? Money was yeah. Elizabeth Warren with her fucking like little thing. She just put band aids on everything. Yeah, I'll do this. This sounds pretty. And then it, it kind of you're trying to get some of the Republicans on this respect. You're not trying to give people too much things. You're giving them opportunities to to work harder. And take longer to achieve their goals. Whatever. So, I mean, it's just hard. It's just hard to uh, push forward. When the whole society as a whole in America has the wrong kind of goals. You know? They have value for fucking things they shouldn't have value in. And you know what? That's another thing. You can tell I can lean towards Yang a lot. He does discuss that. He says the way we, je- we, um, we promote happiness is uh, wrong we, we only care about like money but there's more things to happiness like raising our kids and that's a big thing I mean that's really the heart of the matter and to, 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 to always try to do this thing where you just need more college college debt needs to go away um, you just need more money you'll be happy now reality is if you raise your fucking kids right you know, not let the uh, government raise your kids, you know, public schools and such. Your kids will grow up with big, better minds. With better minds, you're able to make better decisions. And with better decisions, you can maybe have a better life. Even if it's shitty, you know? You know, even if you think it's shitty. <laughs> it's like, you can't afford that awesome car, but you can afford a car. You know, that kind of thing, you know? And then you don't try to fill that hole in your soul that, you know, you, you think you need to fill. Like I need more money. I need this. I need that. I need this house. I need, I need, I need, 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 need. You know, as opposed to just trying to live a good life. Like, you need to just eat well and work out and 
you know have a community that really that's what really happiness is but you can't do that because you're so fucking poor half the time you know but you know that UBI man comes in handy problem is that that won't work either that's too close to socialism I, it's a cool idea though uh, I, but I mean like if you're talking about bad ideas I would go with that bad idea over you know let's make it so there's no college debt there's a reason there's college debt what caused that college debt wasn't really the people per se I mean they were just dumb when they were young and they took that shit but it's really the colleges you know they're the ones who are fucking just winning hand over fist on this and we're not seeing that we're just letting the colleges rule the way they do creating more shit than they actually put out you know but uh, one thing, okay, I, I meant to talk more about the debates, but I'm, I'm, it's like my philosophy on, like, politics. But, um, all right, one thing in the debate that was funny is uh, Bernie has pretty good ideas, kind of. And he said some shit, like, there shouldn't be any billionaires. Now, that was supposed to destroy Bernie, because Bernie, he says this thing, there shouldn't be any billionaires. And the, thing, the reason why that's bad is because, say, you want to be a billionaire, uh... I don't want a guy who is opposed to other people trying to work hard, you know, whatever. It just, it's, I don't know. He's right in a way, but at the same time, it's almost like an intellectual dead end, you know. People should succeed and go as far as they can when they succeed. To stop that is fucked up. But at the same time, man, I mean, like, billionaires, you know, they kind of hoard that money. I don't know. That's That's a very philosophical debate that can't be nuanced in a debate where you only have like a minute to answer a question but he says that shit right and there's a billionaire right next to him i don't know his fucking name i I forgot his name but he's right next to him he's in the running he's not gonna by the way he's going nowhere (laughs) he has he's white he's male and he's rich those are fucking things americans hate i don't know why we just do you know and uh, i don't hate them but i mean America fucking be hating. Maybe hating hard. That's all we thrive off of. If we're not hating ourselves, we're hating other people. If we're not hating other people, we're hating ourselves. You know, we don't love each other anymore. We just fucking want to hate each other. And uh, he literally takes what Bernie says, agrees with them, and then says the same exact thing. Everyone's like, whoa. Even Bernie's like, what the fuck? You took my steam, you know? So basically, there was a lot of that going on. They were taking each other's ideas and making it their own. So no one really has a voice. Literally, that guy, that billionaire, who's not going anywhere, took Bernie's voice, took it away. He took it away, and that's it. Made him more... This debate was more about making other people seem like they're not even there you know and warren is the only one who's got like there who's just like yeah yeah i just have to stay afloat while these fucking people take each other out and that's what they were doing they're taking each other out in the way of taking the same argument and saying the same thing you know so it all becomes a blur in the american people really only people really noticed was warren you know just being who she is and biden just being dumb because that guy (laughs) They asked him a question about his uh, son. I guess his son's in some political bullshit. And, um, man, he, like, he really couldn't answer a question in regards to that. And he kept changing his mind in the sentence. And it wasn't like, 
it was something where, you know, definitively this is what he's saying or definitively this is not what he's saying. It was basically this old man doesn't know how to talk. I don't want him to be my president. And that's what's going to happen. Biden's just there to soak up Democratic votes and, and popularity because it would be weird if it was just Elizabeth Warren and Yang because then Yang would actually have a bigger voice. But um, because you have Biden and, and you know Bernie, they just kind of convolute the whole thing. They make it in a way where it's all a bit of a blur. I can only see Warren, you know. But if it was just less people, say, like Yang, Tulsi, and Warren, she wouldn't have such a big voice. I don't think. I actually do think her voice would be minimized quite a bit because she's telling the same fucking shit as Hillary. It's like another Hillary Clinton. And uh, I don't know if the American people really want another version of that. You know, they're just fed up. The Democratic states are going to vote Democrat no matter fucking what. And the Republican states are just going to vote Republican no matter what. You know, these swing states are the only ones that matter. And those are the people who became religious zealots for Trump. So it's like, unless you change their minds, I, I, I don't know what you're going to do. I, I, I don't know. And if you're saying the same shit, like you, she's like Hillary 2.0. That's all that is. What else happened here? Let me let me look at my notes. I had notes. Uh, redefining each other. Warren Tulsi calling out politicians. Yeah, you know, um, Tulsi did this thing where she started doing the. She started calling out other politicians, and she started calling out the media for fucking shitting on her. And it seems like she's just frustrated. I don't know if she has a political strategist with her, and if she does, that person needs to get on the ball. Uh, or maybe, maybe that's the only path she has. But she basically did the thing where she goes, "Oh, they're ma they're being mean to me," and. I'm a vet. She pulled the vet card. Instead of the race card, she pulled the vet card. You make fun of her. You try to uh, not make fun of her, but like, um, I don't know, discredit her. Try to say things like, she's not this person or she's terrible or something like that. Where she, she turns whatever the media calls her. And they don't call her bad names. They just say words, you know, that try to discredit her in a way but she turns it into they're insulting me they're not they're being racist but it's not racist she uses vet she goes you're making fun of vets by making fun of me because she's a vet that's what she did and um it's it's very disingenuous it's very um you, you just hate me because i'm black kind of thing you know but instead of that you just hate me because i'm a vet you know and then you're trying to get that angle then she does the thing where most people who are, maybe because she's young in that respect, in the political game, I don't know. But she does this thing where she tried to qualify herself. And usually that's a bad sign when you're like, well, I could do this, I've done this, I've done that. That's a bad sign of a person who's not very confident in what they do. They're confident in what they do. They don't need to say, ah, oh, I've been doing this for this long and things like that. They, they, in their brains, I bet they argue it out as... I have to say these things so people can listen to what I say. So it validates the things that I'm saying. Problem is, if you're saying truthful things and people actually give a shit, anything you say will be validated. If you try to validate what you're saying by giving it some kind of background to it, well, I, my opinion matters more because I'm a police officer and this is a police issue. Or my matter, my, my opinion matters more because I'm a lawyer and this is a lawyer issue. And she does the, my opinion matters more because I'm a vet or I've been doing politics for this long, you know? I mean, that never really works. I mean, even if she's saying the right thing, people just kind of feel that and they don't really analyze it. They just feel it and they're like, you know, fuck this, you know? You, like a cop can't say, 
you know, I'm beating you in the head because I'm a cop and I'm right. Because this is a police issue. A politician can't fuck a school out of money and say, I'm right because I'm a politician. You know, people don't like that kind of shit. So it's like ingrained into people where they don't like the village. Like, I don't know, like say we're a village and you had the one guy who's trying to be the village chief. And he goes, hey, I know shit because I am a village chief electee. So that's why it's okay for me to fuck this kid or some shit like that. And people are like, I don't know about that. Uh, It's pretty fucked up. All because you're the village chief, you get to do that? Fuck that. I mean, I'm I'm just making shit up right now. I mean, I don't know if any village ever... ever you know, reality, if a, if a village chief did do some hellacious shit like that, he probably could convince other people because people are kind of mobbish, sheepish. They kind of just follow the, the loudest voice that resonates with their lizard genes or whatever. <laughs> um... What was I saying? Yeah, so Tulsi does that shit, and I didn't really like it in particular. I like Tulsi, you know, she's cool. She's different. That's what I like. I like different, you know, because I, I don't really believe in the, the seat of the presidency or anything like that. I I think that, I think different is the only thing that's going to work nowadays. Because we've been doing the same kind of fucking thing for a long time, and nothing's getting any better, I think. I mean, like, life is getting better just, like, on its own. But as when it comes to politics and the politicians and the presence and all that, I don't think they really do much. I think they just kind of bounce around ideas that have been going on for a while and not accomplishing anything. You know, people aren't getting happier. You know, we have more food than we've ever had ever. History, man. We got more shit like cell phones with all the human intelligence in the world inside of a fucking phone. We have all these things, but it doesn't feel like people are any happier than they were yesterday. In fact, they're getting less happier. And I think that's just uh, because we don't really address what makes people happy. And uh, we we just we go for this topical shit like, oh yeah, obviously if I get rid of the college debt, that would make the people who went into debt more happy. Why are they going to debt? We're not going to talk about. Why are they going to college and failing? We're not going to talk about. Why do you even need colleges? Why the fuck do you even need colleges? I mean, you're telling me there's a lot of shit for advanced learning and that should just be for your own benefit, not for the job that you're working in. That is something that could be taught, I think. I mean, I don't know. Do you really think that colleges are producing a better employee? I don't know. (coughs) I mean, my job's x-ray. That's pretty fucking easy, but it takes you like two years to get that done. But really, I could teach it like in one day, you know? I, I don't know. I can only imagine other doctors. They kind of do the same fucking thing. You know, oh, you, you know, you're sick. Here's the Z-Pack. You got some pain. Here's some Norco. That shit's changing. Now nah, it's getting all fucked up. We don't know what to do anymore. There's a big uh, fight against opiates because doctors don't have spines. Because, like, I mean, like, really, it's... I thought I was going to talk about the debates really a lot more, but I can't get over these other philosophies that jump in my head right away. That's car thoughts. That's what we do. We run in a thousand miles an hour about random shit. So, it, yeah, the opiate epidemic isn't because people just like opiates. I mean, duh. Opiates are fucking great. That's why people take them. And they're just bad for you. 
and their lives suck. And that's probably why they're taking these meds. But the person who prescribes this shit is the doctors. And the reason why the doctors fucking do it is because they're afraid of the bad reviews. They're afraid of losing money and business and all that shit. So they just give out the pills that they did. Now they're in trouble. Now they can't give out those pills. So fucking people who actually need those pills can't get them. Rather than having the fucking spine that they needed, they don't have spines. So they just... They, they have to do what they have to do. So now it's a crisis. Now they can't prescribe as much. And now a lot of people are like, what the fuck? A lot of people are in pain. And that's, I, I mean, now they're backed up by the government. They could say something like, yeah, we can't prescribe narcotics as we used to because of the crisis. Now they're emboldened by that. But they didn't really fix the actual issue. You know, you still have doctors out there that are kind of just doing whatever the patient wants out of fear they just now have more power over this one aspect but because we didn't address the other aspects of why they're doing that well the main aspect i would say they're gonna be able to do other shit you know like prescribe more antibiotics it's until we have a super fucking virus that will probably stop prescribing antibiotics as much as we do i don't know i straight off quite a bit let me finish my notes here new ounce Tulsi calling out politicians, regime change wars. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, another thing Tulsi brought up, what I thought was pretty cool, is she's talking about these wars. And she's right. I mean, we, we, we're not supposed to declare war, and we shouldn't be fucking fighting wars. And all we're doing is creating more situations where we're just, you know, you have a Saddam Hussein, and then you have ISIS. <laughs> you know, we take out one head of the Hydra, and then another one replaces it. And she just wants us to get the fuck out of there and just become peaceful people again. That's pretty cool. Also, use the vet card. Got that. Attack, uh, a attack on her equals anti-vet. Got that. Yeah, if you're attacking her, you're attacking vets. <laughs> That's what she did. You know, race card. If she was black, she'd be like, if you're, make, if you're attacking me, you're attacking black people. That's basically what she did. Nuance. Why? Support UBI. She supports UBI. That was pretty cool. Where listing qualifications. I right, got that one. Making their argument theirs, then defining enemies. No, oh, well, shit. I pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover when it comes to the the uh, debates. It was a bit of a waste of time. It's Warren's gonna be on top. I don't even know why they have these fucking debates. You know, Yang though, he's 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 constantly trying to do things in a way where he's trying to get attention and that's really what these debates are is trying to try to elicit as much attention as you can he first started in the first debate without a tie and that was a big deal but it wasn't big enough okay so this next one he's gonna have the, if he qualifies for it i don't even know to get to the fifth debate he's gonna have a, a person inside of a machine it's like a money machine where it shoots out money and they get to collect all the money. I don't know why he would do that. I think that's a bit demeaning. But I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get, um, you know, attention. And uh, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. All right. That's it for card thoughts. Well, that's it for podcasts for me. I hope you enjoyed my car thoughts. And uh, let, me, let me add to my ending to this. So I just recently got glasses, which is weird. I'm 38-ish, and at the at this end this time of my life, I can't see that well. 
well, I could see, I could make out shapes and shit like that, but everything's blurry to me, so it's a bit of a stigmatism, and, uh, man, I was going through the ringer, man, my eyes were hurting like crazy every day, but now I feel great, that being said, it's a, tr it's a crazy thing to wear glasses, because I'm perceiving the world in one way for a very long time, because everything was blurry, and for the first time in a long time, I can now see super clear, but it's, it's, it's a crazy adjustment, because it was only by a little bit, you know, and I was watching this world uh, in a weird way, where it was kind of fuzzy, you know, not, not completely fuzzy, but it's just kind of a blur, yeah. You know? And you put these glasses on, and such a subtle change, it makes it crystal clear. Like, from from a TV that's like 480p, or or a TV back in the day when they were, what, 480i interlaced? And then going to 4K, that's where I'm at. You can still see the same pictures, and everything like that. But there's no static, it's crystal clear. And I was perceiving the world one way... And now I can perceive it a different way. But there's no difference in the world itself. It's just the way I saw things. And it made me thought. Or think. You know. Reality. Again. One of the biggest things I like to talk about. Is reality. You know. What is reality? You know. It, it, the world's the same. But I see it differently now. You know. So I mean. That's a. That's a pretty crazy thing. And it just goes to show you, you know, and what other aspects in your life where the world is still the same, but you're seeing it a different way. Uh, you should, guys should take stock in that. Maybe there's something in your lives that you don't quite see, you know. Because seriously, the world looked like the, the world, you know, and then all of a sudden I put these glasses on and it's way different. Crystal clear, you know. What other parts of my life is there where I'm like, well, I thought I saw something or I thought I knew something, but in reality, all I need is the glasses to see said thing. And now I'm like, what? So, I mean, like, you should take stock in your life and see if you see something that you thought, that's normal. This has always been this way. And then put some glasses on, metaphorical glasses, that is, and you're like, huh, you know what? I don't very much like that. I can't believe I saw it this way. And it's like an undisputed truth kind of thing, you know. Like things aren't supposed to be fuzzy. Some things are supposed to be crystal clear, you know. I mean, what other things do you think in life where it's kind of blurry and you thought, hmm, I thought it was this, but it's actually that. I'm finding that as I get older and older that there are things like that in my life. In other people's lives, they don't even see it. Like maybe they're saying things blurry and they need a pair of glasses. Classics, glasses to see the truth and the truth of all things that kind of thing you know that's how I feel with Democrats you know in the sense that you know like the set of ideas of like yeah I want to do this but really I'm doing that you know like am I doing something virtuous you know let me take away the guns you know that's a big one like, the reality of that. Some people are really hardcore about taking away guns, you know. But the people who did these illegal things, 
Who are you taking the guns from? The legal people or the illegal people? Well, the illegal people got them guns illegally and did illegal things. So what really are you trying to accomplish by taking away guns, you know? Here's another thought I had as well is there's this constant push for college in the sense that, you know, you got people... Like, I'm 38 right now, and the only way I can actually evolve, right, to get more money within a field, you know, is to go to school and say guaranteed six years. I'm 38. I have to spend another six years in college. And like, what am I going to do? How, how does, how does that, how does that get accomplished? I would at 38 have to take out loans. Okay. Say I don't have to take loans. Work two jobs. Who's raising my kid? You know, the sacrifice six years of his life, you know, and, and these aren't excuses. This is the system that's in place. And how people perceive things. They think, oh yeah, you just have to go back to school. So you're telling a 38-year-old person to go back to school for six more years or whatever. To get whatever degree. And then look for a job. 38, 39, 44, 1, 42, 43. So 43, look for another job. You know, may say that takes a year. 43, 44, 44, and then you get a job. And you're supposed to work that for another 20 years. That's intense. I guess, I guess that's a feasible thing. But what about if there's people that are 50? What do they do? How about the people that are 60? Sucks to be them. I don't know. It's a weird thing in which I hear this a lot where they want to promote this whole college thing and school thing. And it's like for the chance of more money as opposed to just like working. Isn't it, isn't it, couldn't it have just been like a system in place where you just work harder like work you know like school isn't work it isn't it's 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 learning things i guess and will it be in your field you know like seriously like i'm an x-ray tech let's just be real it was a two-year school do you need to know any of that no i can because i'm an x-ray tech can teach my job within a day you know and there's other jobs out there same thing you teach job you know, why is it we have to go to do something else for many years just for a chance to make more money? And that's the that's the big push in our reality in American society is to do more schooling to achieve a, a higher goal. You know, it's like we couldn't think of anything else other than school, you know. It's like if I wanted to be a black belt in karate instead of like actually training at that, you're telling me I got to go and learn to be a librarian for six years or some shit like that, you know, like something outside the field. Because schools aren't really in the field that you're working. It's just the hope. I lost my train of thought. My kid wanted to show me nothing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just seems like it is a weird thing that people want to push this college narrative as if that's a means to an end for the chance of more money. Because we couldn't think of anything else other than college itself. I mean, I really wish there was something else to push, you know? Yeah, I wish colleges didn't exist. Now, if you could work in the field that you're working, getting paid to learn I mean like that's really what it is I mean like if we get somebody like a medical assistant they may have gone to 
college for that, but really they don't know anything. We pretty much teach them as they're there. Like on the job training, where, when did that be, when when did that go away? Why can't that just be the thing? You get hired, and then it gets to a point where like, well, how do you establish a set of values of hiring somebody? Just fucking hire them. You know, and they suck, they suck, and you fire them. But there's always going to be a plethora of people out there. And you're just like, I just don't want to waste time. I bet that's what that is. Somehow, we made it so companies don't want to waste time. They want to get on with it, you know. And we forgot about the people who make these things. And now we want to a quick way to establish value. And to establish the value, we've created colleges or schools or something like that. And that's really not what they were for in the beginning. But now that's how we base your set of values. You know, uh, There has to be a better way. And maybe I could get deeper into it another time. But as always, be the better person you were yesterday, today. Just be that person you want to be tomorrow, today. Live for today. Be good for today. Be better tomorrow. <laughs> and always stay frosty. Devil and the devil is free.